All right. Um, good day. Wherever it is you are listening to me from, um, we'll continue the series of teaching that we have um, started and we are tied to these signs. And today we're going to be looking at the operation of these signs, part one. We're going to be looking at the operations of these signs, part one. And I want to do a little recap as usual. We have talked about how that the administration of these signs is by the Lord. And administration here, we're talking about the decision as to which sign or which of the signs to manifest at a particular time and when to manifest it. That decision, that judgment is with the Lord or is by the Lord. That is, the believer cannot decide which of the signs to manifest or to put forth. This is very important. And that we must, you know, hold on to this thought. And the reason why I'm doing this recap, as it were, is so that, because I'm still going to be sharing some things with us in today's um, episode, and we're going to be looking at some things that has to do with, that will make reference. I mean, we'll make reference to these things that I'm saying right now. I'm talking about these administrations, the recap that I'm doing. We're going to make reference to to it and that's the reason for the recap hallelujah so the administration of these signs we said is by the lord it is not by the believer the believer does not decide the believer does not have the prerogative you know to decide which of the signs to manifest at a particular time or when to manifest it that decision that judgment is with the lord jesus himself the reason is because the operational function, which is the other thing I want to recap, the operation of the primary operational function of these signs is as a witness to the gospel of Christ. So God uses this sign to witness to the gospel. He uses these signs to witness to the gospel. Though the manifestation of these signs is on the believer, is with the believer. It is through the believer, you see. But God uses it to witness to the gospel of Christ primarily, primarily. And one of the things we talked about the last time is that this operational function is in two dimensions. The operational functions of this sign. And when we talk about operational function, what we mean by operational function is that when these signs are in manifestations, what purpose do they achieve? To what end? When they are in manifestation, what what, what are they going to do? And um, we established that primarily they are as witness or witnesses to the gospel of Christ. God uses the manifestation of these signs to witness to the gospel of Christ. Primarily. However, there is a secondary operational function of these signs and that second operational function at the level of that secondary operational function it is the believer that benefits just like at the level of primary operational function it is the gospel of christ that benefits because when god witnesses to the gospel of christ by using these signs many people tend to believe the gospel they they are open to the gospel and um, they believe the gospel of Christ, that is, and by so doing, men are saved. 
which is the very heartbeat of God, the very will of God, according to first um, Timothy talked about how that God who is willing that all men be saved to fall, how that God is willing that all men be saved. God's will is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. So it is God's will to have us, and in fact, God expresses his, expressed his will by giving his son Jesus Christ. While we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see that now. So God, God's will is to have all men saved. And so God has done and still does everything in his power to have all men saved. He has done in that he gave his son Jesus and he's still doing by bearing witness to the gospel. When, when we go out or when we, when we take up that responsibility to preach the gospel, he bears witness. God bears witness. Scripture says in, um, Hebrews chapter two, verse four, is that God also bearing them witness with signs and wonders and diverse gifts of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Did you see that? So God, God is in that business. In fact, in the book of Mark chapter 16, these are very, t- our main text, verse 20. In Mark 16 verse 20, it says, And the Lord walking with them, confirming the word with signs following. Did you see that? So God confirm, you know, is in the business of confirming the word. And the word there is the gospel preached. Because in context, Starting from verse 15, he says, We should go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, in verse 20, in context, he said, The Lord walking with them, confirming the word with signs following. So, the, the operational function of these signs primarily is as a witness to the gospel of Christ and the, the benefactor or the, um, is it the, is it the benefactor now? We call it or the beneficiary now. The person that benefits from um, the operational function, the primary operational function, that is when these signs are in manifestation, it is the gospel of Christ that benefits. Mainly, that is, man believes the gospel and then thereby are saved. However, there is such a thing as a secondary operational function. That secondary operational function, it's the believer that benefits. It's proof that the believer has got the spirit within that the Spirit of God now indwells a believer, that, that the believer has received the indwelling of the Spirit. The operational signs, I mean, these signs are in manifestation as proof, as proof, as evidence that this, um, that a man now has or has received the Spirit within. So that is the secondary operational function. So at that level of the secondary operational function, it is the believer that benefits. Because the implication is that now the believer now has the power to, the believer now has the power to, 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 when the believer puts his hand on the sick, the sick will recover. When the believer is um, poisoned or interact with anything poisonous, it will not affect the believer. When the believer, the believer can cast out demons now, that ability to do all of these is what proves, is the proof, is the token of the, the reality of the indwelling of the Spirit. It is the token of the reality of the Spirit within. Hallelujah. 
So that is one operational function. So when it operates, when it's in operation, when any of these signs is in operation that way, secondarily, the secondary operational function is that the believer benefits from it. In that now you know, you can acknowledge that this believer has got power, is able to do this now. The believer, a man that couldn't do that before, but now that he has believed the gospel of Christ, he can now do that by the ability of the Spirit that is within him, the Spirit of God. You see that? You see, but the main reason for these signs, the main reason for the manifestation of these signs, and that's the reason why we said that the administration of that sign, of these signs, is by the Lord. Because it's the Lord that, the main reason for the manifestation is the Lord, is the gospel. Is to bear witness to the gospel. So the administrator is the Lord himself. Because it's the Lord that tells when he wants to bear witness to the gospel with a particular sign. It's the Lord that determines that. You see that now. So the primary operational function is, the primary operational function is, uh, is, um, the primary operational function of these signs is as witness to the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So today we're going to look at something, go a little bit deeper and we'll consider the number one on the list of these signs. There are about five of them and we're going to consider the very first one. The very first one says, in my name they shall cast out demons. Hallelujah. In my name they shall cast out demons. So casting out demons or casting out devils is the number one on the list of these signs. So the ability to cast out devils is one of the signs, is one of these signs that secondarily it's proof or it's a token that the believer is got the, that a man has got the spirit within. And primarily it's a, I mean, it's, it's God's way of bearing witness to the gospel. So it means that when you have a case of somebody that is demon possessed and that, um, a believer is there and then the believer cast out, you know, probably cast out the demon from the demon possessed person and if it's a sign, when I mean a sign now, if it's a sign, a sign in the sense that it, um, God could use that. That's what I'm trying to say. God could use that, you know, to draw many people to open the eyes of people to the gospel of Christ. That is, I haven't seen that someone that has been demon possessing for years and that is well known. It's a public knowledge, you know, to people around that vicinity. And then you cast out the demons out of the person and then the person is now free. That is something that will make the people, you know, to, it's, 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 it's a, it's a proof, it's a token of, you know, the, the ability and so ability of God through man and the essence of the gospel. So when you do that, when that happens and then you preach the gospel to such people, they are open to receive. They are open. They are more open to the gospel of Christ and there is there is much um, you find much people believing the gospel and by so doing they are saved so that that's that's um that is that is what we are you know we want to look at in details today all right so this is very important now but before we go into all of that before we go into that um these signs this particular sign of um casting out devils I want you to understand something. I want to say that quickly. It's very important. The newness. You see, these signs, they are actually new. This is what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that 
before now, we don't have anyone that actually manifests these signs like the way they stated in Mark 16, actually, except the Lord Jesus. And of course, we could also attribute that that um, manifestation with the Lord Jesus. We could attribute it to the indwelling of the Spirit in the Lord Jesus. Did you see that? Now? So, a man that does not have the indwelling of the Spirit cannot cannot manifest these signs. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let me say that again. A man that does not have the indwelling of the Spirit, the indwelling of the Spirit is the ability of a man to manifest these signs. And this is very important. Don't forget the context. These signs, these signs, we are not just saying being able to um, um, speak with tongues. You know, it's possible for people to, somebody to just say something, you know, and it's really, really not tongues, just gibberish. You know, just say something. I mean, not just gibberish. I mean, it doesn't really, you just, just say something. I mean, somebody that is not, that is not born again, that is not saved, would just say something and you could suppose it for a tongue, like speaking in tongues. You could suppose it for speaking in tongues. Okay, let me talk about healing. You know, it's possible for somebody to be healed for somebody to be healed or, um, yes, healed, like it happened in the instance. It's possible. Good. This is a very good example. It's possible for somebody to be healed and it's not necessarily by the power of God. Not, not, not by that supernatural, um, not by the power of God. Yeah. Not by the power of God. You know, it's possible. Not by the power of God. It's possible for someone to be healed and it's not by the power of God. Now, when somebody is healed, healed of a particular ailment and is not by the power of God. When I mean by the power of God, I'm talking about that supernatural, you know, um, healing, that um, supernatural intervention that, like we have in Mark 16, that talked about you putting hand, your hands on somebody and then the person, you know, recovers. That kind cannot, um, it's possible for somebody to experience healing and is not through that, that means. That's what I'm trying to say. And now, if that happens, like that definitely happens, you know, maybe probably before the Lord Jesus came on the scene physically. And we cannot say that happened, that happened, I beg your pardon, because that happened, what that level, that level of um, manifestation is different from what we are talking about in Marxist sin. That's what I'm trying to say. What we are told of in Marxist sin is by that, that dimension of supernatural manifestation, supernatural intervention, supernatural um, manifestation, whereby a man puts his hands on a sick person and then the person recovers. That dimension of healing, that kind is new. And when I mean it's new, I don't mean it's new to us. I mean it's new as at the time it was introduced. It was by the Spirit indwelling a man. That was the only way you could achieve such those times. A man that does not have the spirit, that is before the spirit of God was given to any man, before the spirit was given to indwell any man, no no man could walk in that level, could operate in that um, dimension. That's what I'm trying to say. Same with um, casting out devils. In fact, there was nobody... Casting out devil was new. It was. It looks as if Jesus was the pioneer. <laughs> Did you see that? He was. He looked at like Jesus was the pioneer. 
he was the very first person you know that 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 could speak with so much authority you know and cast out devils with so much authority in fact they there was they commended him of that ability they say he speaks as one having authority and and he commands he speaks you know he cast out devils even with one word hallelujah so what I'm trying to say here is that these signs are actually new. And really it makes sense that they are new in the sense that the, 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 because the, the indwelling of spirit itself, it's a new reality. Before the day of Pentecost, the spirit of God does not indwell people. Did you see the spirit of God did not indwell, did not indwell anyone except for the Lord Jesus. And we knew when he got baptized with the Holy Ghost. That is when he received that indwelling of the Spirit. We knew that too. And the baptism of John. I mean, baptism by John the Baptist. Hallelujah. That was when it happened for Jesus. Did you see that? And he said it, Jesus himself said, talked about the Holy Ghost and how that they will receive the Holy Ghost, that they should wait to receive the Holy Ghost. And so they did wait to receive the promise of the Father. And in Acts chapter 2, as recorded in Acts chapter 2, we found the manifestation, the reality of that promise, the fulfillment of that promise. So until that time, no one, no one actually had the Spirit indwelling them. No one had the Spirit within So because the spirit within, that is the indwelling of spirit, it's a new reality. Because it's a new reality, it is, it makes sense. It also makes sense that these signs, which are proof and evidence of, of, of that, um, indwelling of spirit, it makes sense that they are also new. Did you see that? So they are new too. They are new too. If you look at them well, Look at all these signs as listed, the five, you know, listed in Mark 16, from verse 17 to 18. If you look at all of, all of them, look at them intently, you will see, particularly when you look at them in the terms of their oppression, that is the way they operate, you will understand and you will agree that they are actually new. And so because they are new, it's important. I want us to just note that, that they are new. Glory to God. They are new. They are new. They are new. What I'm trying to say is that it's possible for somebody to do a copy, a look-alike of it. Is it? But when you look at the genuity of it, of those manifestations, you will know that they are new. That is, they are new in the sense that it has not been before until the Spirit was given to indwell man. Glory to God. So, the very first one. Now, I set these... This new, the fact that they are new, I said it because of the things that I'm still going to be explaining, and particularly starting from this very first one. Hallelujah. In my name they shall cast out demons. In my name there, because we are talking about new signs. Did you see that? We are talking about signs, new signs to prove or to, as talking of 
the indwelling of the spirit, which is a new reality. So it means that in my name there, to start with, in my name there, couldn't have been talking about the in my name that he had talked about earlier. Mm. Oh, let me say that again and say it in a, you know, um, in a more simpler way. Simpler way. You know that this is not the first time that you find the word in my name by the Lord Jesus. That's not the very first time. In fact, in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 10, and then you look at Luke chapter 10 also, we'll see how that in verse 17, the 70 that he sent out, he gave them authority to, you know, go preach the gospel and then they should cast out demons and all that. They came back in verse 17. He said that demons, they said demons were subject to them in the name of Jesus. So it means that they used the name of Jesus. So the statement of in my name is not new. That's what I'm trying to say in that sense. It is not new. This is not the first time of seeing that phrase in my name. Mark 16 is not the Mark 16 verse, um, uh, verse six, 17 is not the first time that phrase would occur. So I'm saying that the time that it had occurred was referring to the old. That this one in Mark 16, because we are talking about new signs, did you see that? Obviously, is not referring to that old ones that has been, that we have recorded, we had recorded in the Gospels. Alright, um, let's just, let's just hold on on that. We'll still come back to that. Let's hold on, then we'll come back to that. Let me quickly say something here. You see, when it comes to casting out devils, let me quickly say this. The key thing, the key thing to casting out devils is actually authority. Is authority. You must have authority to cast out devils. That's the only way you can succeed in casting out devils. If you don't have authority, you, you just, you just mess yourself up. So you must have authority. Authority is the main thing. It's the key thing to casting out devils. You must have authority. You must have authority. You just have to. You just, you just have to have authority. That's just it. You see, because even demons are subject to authority in the street realm. So when you, when you, they are submitted, they are subject and submitted to authority. So when authority is is um they 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 demons recognize authority in the spirit they do and they are subject to authority this is important they are hallelujah they are subject to authority and that's the reason why it only takes one with authority to cast out demons see if you find cases where people claim they go to have casted out devils and yet without authority they did not cast out devils. They probably bargained, you know, with the demons or with the devil to probably, you know, just leave for a while or be silent, you know, most of the time. They just be silent, you know, to deceive people. Glory to God. That's what happened. You know, they probably bargained, or I think that's the same thing with exorcism. I don't know if it's the same, but it looks like it too. So we are not talking about bargaining with the devil here or um, um, exorcism. No, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about real casting out the devil, evicting devil from their possessed body. 
like evicting you you really sending out driving it out for real you see if you want to achieve that I mean, the real one, real casting out of devils, it has to be by authority. You must have an authority to do that. You must have an authority to do that. You cannot just cast out devils without authority. Now, the authority could be delegated authority. It could also be inerrant authority, inerrant power. Did you see that? It could be delegated authority. It could be inerrant power. Now, the delegated authority talks about that which is um, given over to use for a period of time. Did you see that? So, there is a time time lapse or time span to the use of delegated authority. Hallelujah. There is a time lapse to it. So, delegated authority is what another person owns but gives over to another to represent him. So when he's done, it means that when the other, the other, the representative is done with the representation, the authority is withdrawn. Did you see that? The authority is withdrawn. So that's what it means to be delegated. When the task for which the authority was given is accomplished, the person, the representative loses the authority when the task is accomplished. You see, but in the case of inerrant authority or inerrant power, it is owned by the user. Oh, thank the Lord Jesus. Now, let me go back. I talked about um, delegated authority now. So, let's talk about the the delegator, the person that delegated the authority, and um, the delegatee, that is the person that is representing the delegator. The person that is to use, that has been given authority for a time to use, is the delegatee. <laughs> Don't mind me. Just just bear with me for the sake of this teaching. So, delegatee, that is the person that is to represent the delegator. The delegator is the person that actually delegated, that gave the authority to the rep. Now, most likely, the delegator owns that authority's ease. So, if the delegator, rather than delegating it to a to um, a rep, if he decides to carry to use that authority himself, being the owner, that is inherent authority or inherent power. You see, but when he delegates it to another, that is, another should represent him. When he delegates it to another, you know, for an, that is, another should, should, you know, represent him. That is, that is the delegated authority that we're talking about. Now, in the Bible language, the delegated authority is called exousia. And so you will find in places in the Bible where authority or power was delegated to someone or to some people, you will find that the word used there to qualify the power there is actually exousia in the Greek. You see, but the inherent power, that is the one that is owned by the user, it wasn't that it was given for a temporary time 
for a temporary usage, it is owned and it is for a lifetime. That is, the, the owner owns it for life. That authority in the, in the Bible language, in the Greek, is called dunamis. It also means a number of other things, but one of the meanings of that particular word dunamis in the Greek is that inherent power. That is the power that you own. It's authority that you own yourself and that you can use yourself. You see, but when you delegate it, you give it out, then you start to talk about to the person that is receiving that um, delegation and that is to carry out the delegation. That person, the power that person now has is called exousia in the Greek. Hallelujah. Come to Bible language. This is very important. So, in Matthew chapter 10, and then in Luke 9 and Luke 10, when Jesus sent out his disciples, the authority that Jesus used to cast out devils himself is dunamis. That is, he owns it. It's his own power. It's inherent. You see, it's power. Dunamis is basically power inherent in something. Maybe because of its, um, its, its, um, because of its origin, because of its source, because of its makeup, because of its nature. That's dunamis. You see, but, um, exousia is power that is not in nature, is not owned by the person, really. It's just given to be used for a particular time and to carry out a particular task. Did you see that now? Take for example, um, the president of um, of a country is supposed to attend a meeting and then couldn't make it. Decided to send one of his ministers to represent him. Now, the the minister going to represent the president in that particular meeting is there on delegation, and so the authority that is got there is delegated authority. The authority that the minister would exercise at that place is delegated authority. Did you see that now? You see, but if it were the president that attended the meeting himself, it will have been inherent authority. Put it that way. You know why? Because it's in the nature of that office. Let's just, let's just use that, for example. Did you get that? Now, let me use another example. Let me use another example. Um, delegated authority, most of the time, the very good example is governmental power, governmental authority. Because nobody really has the governmental authority for life. Did you see that now? It is just during the time when they are in power, that is when they are ruling, when they are in charge. Take, for example, the president that is in a democratic um, um, setting that is probably to rule for four years. Did you see that? That is to rule, you know, it's the president, one term is four years. After that four years, he needs to be re-elected. You see, so while he's... Um, while uh, he's still in in power, the authority is 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 we could say it's in fact we could we could say it's delegated because it's not going to be like when he's done out of power he still has that power or that authority. No, when he's when he's out of that office, I mean to say, he's lose he loses the power, he loses the authority. Did you say so? Governmental power authority like that is. Um, Delegated is um, delegated power, is delegated authority. You see, but 
another, an example of the exousia that is that inherent power, as it were, is that of the parental. Your parental authority is for life over you. It's for life over you. You see that the father precedence has set them ahead of you, and by so doing, they've got authority. That authority is there, is over you. Because they are your parents. And because they are your parents, that authority is there. There's nothing you can do about it. You can fight it. They can, um, they can lose it. It's going to be there for life. Even when they are dead. <laughs> Did you see that? That authority still holds. Take, for example, an instruction that's been given before they are dead. You see, why they are no more, why they are dead, you still would have to carry out that instruction because it came from your parents. Did you see that? And so it means that the authority that, even though in death, the authority they, they have over you is inherent. Did you see that? Is inherent. It's inherent in the, because of the nature because of the nature, that nature is the fact that they are parents. Hallelujah. Your parents. Did you see that now? So, but that's not even where I'm going. I just need to say that because of where I'm still going to, I'm still going to say something. That's the reason why I had to say that. But at this level, generally, to cast out devils, you just have to have authority. Either it is delegated or inherent, you just have to have authority, you just have to have power to cast out devils. You cannot cast out devils without power, without authority. Either it is, either it is a delegated authority or inherent authority. Whichever, you need authority. You need authority. You need power. You need authority. I don't want to keep using power, you know, interchangeably because, so that I don't get you confused. Authority is basically what I'm talking about here because it's, it's not so much of power like force. Did you see that? It's not power. It's not, um, energy, you know, to do known. It's simply authority. And you see, when you exercise authority, you don't need to, you don't, you don't need strength. Strength is not required. Hallelujah. When you exercise authority, strength is not required. Glory to God. You just need to recognize your authority, the authority that you have, and the, 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 the respondent to your exercise of authority just need to know to, that you've got the rights and the authority to control him or it. Praise God. <laughs> you see that now. That's really what it is. That's basically what it is. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. That's basically what it is. Hallelujah. So, what one needs to do is you must have authority. Now, let's start with Jesus. Let's start with Jesus. Looking at Jesus. Look at Jesus. He said, the scripture told them, tells us in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. And with power, that power there is dunamis, that inherent power. It's an inherent authority. It says, who went about doing good and healing all the way oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, we saw that in the operation of that um, healing, 
we saw that there were there were there were cases where demons were casted out. In fact, uh, it said that they were oppressed of the devil. So it, it tells us from that scripture already in Acts ten thirty eight that it was a demonic case. It was so the only way that Jesus must have gotten those people healed because it's a demonic case was to cast out the devils. Was to cast out devils. Did you see that? And then that scripture says that our God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with the power. Don't forget the word anoint there is um, simply means to appoint. Did you see that? To appoint. To appoint one, to set one apart for appointment. Basically, that's what it means to anoint. Set something apart for appointment. That's basically what it is. Hallelujah. So, he was appointed, set apart, you know, for appointment. And that appointment, of course, we know, is as the Savior. The one that will take the sin of the old world. Did you see that? The one fits to take the sin of the old world. Hallelujah. So, our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. We went about doing good and healing all the well pressed of the devil for God was with him now. So he went about healing all the well pressed of the devil. So the only way he must have healed all the well pressed of the devil was to cast out the devil. Hallelujah. So Jesus went about casting out devils basically. That's what it means. He went about casting out devils. So you must have authority to cast out devils. And so we see that the authority that Jesus have, according to the Act 10, 38, is that inherent authority. That's the one that he's got. His inherent authority. And that's that same authority that he was able to, 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 to delegate. Out of that, he was able to delegate, like we see recorded in Matthew 10, Luke 9, and Luke 10. Hallelujah. In fact, in Luke 10, 19, he says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serving as scorpions, and all you shall by enemies all cheap. Now, this is very important. That looked like what we have in Mark chapter 16, too. He said that you shall take up serpents. You know, if you drink up any daddy, they shall not hurt you. Taking up serpents there, which we'll still get into anyway, I just want to say that is different. The operation of that taking up serpents there is different from... Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's different from what we have in Mark, I mean, sorry, in Matthew 10. It's different from what we have in Luke 10, 19 that says, Behold, I give unto you power to the Lord because the power there, the power in Luke 10, 19 is exousia, is delegated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's delegated. You see, but in Mark 16, the power there is dunamis. That ability is dynamic because that ability is by the Holy Ghost. And don't forget, in Acts 1 verse 8, he said, And you shall receive power, dynamis, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So, the power that we receive by the indwelling of the Spirit, according to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the power that we receive by the indwelling of the Spirit is that power that enables us to be able to cast out devils that will that enable us to take us serpents. I'm going to explain that later. Did you see that? It's different from the power that the disciples exercised, that they used, the authority that they used, the power that they exercised in as recorded in Luke 10 19. What Jesus gave to them then was delegated authority. 
You see, but what we received, hallelujah, by the indwelling of the Holy Ghost is inherent power. It's not delegated authority. It's inherent power. Glory to God. Did you see that? This is important. Ah, this is important. So, I said that the Lord Jesus needed to cast out demons. He has to, he has to, he just had to, authority. Authority is required. Authority is required. Now, you see another case to look at them, um, the case of, um, the case of the disciples themselves. We said that the, um, that of um, the Lord Jesus is inerrant. In the case of the disciples that he talked about in Luke 10, 19, I just quoted now, he said, I behold, I give unto you power to them from servants and copians, and none shall by enemies up to you. And over all the powers of the enemy. In fact, if you look at that scripture again, Luke 10, 19, behold, I give unto you power, that is, I give unto you authority, to trade upon Sabbath as scorpions, and over all the dunamis, inherent power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means ought you. Did you see that now? Glory to God. Did you see that? So, it takes authority. Either it is delegated or inherent, it takes authority to cast out devils, to, you know, to lord it over demons. It takes authority. Not sweet talk. Hallelujah. Not charisma. Praise God. Not charisma. <clears throat> Glory to God. Did you see that? Not charisma. Not eloquence. It is authority. You must have authority. You must have authority. And we saw a number of examples. Apart from the Lord Jesus, the disciples. We saw some other persons too. We saw the case of Peter. We saw the case of Paul. Hallelujah. Exercising authority. We saw the case of the sons of Skipha. The sons of Skipha, I mean, the, the, the sons of Skipha, they wanted to, seven sons of Skipha, they wanted to cast out demons too. Thinking it is just by saying with your mouth or by saying in the name of somebody. Not knowing that it is an authority that must have been registered in the spirit realm. Did you see that? It's an authority that must have been registered in the spirit realm. The authority must be registered in the spirit realm. Oh, glory to God. Uh, let, let's stop here and then we'll pick it up from here another time. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you.